Welcome to High Heels in Politics, the podcast where we talk with the leaders of Ohio and beyond. And now, your host, Marianne Christie. Have you ever asked, how can I be a hired extra in the Hollywood production being filmed in Ohio? You can hear the answer from High Heels in Politics distinguished guest John Doherty the Columbus, Ohio Film Commissioner. As the Columbus Film Commissioner, John has played a vital role in attracting Hollywood filmmakers and production companies. He's a true visionary and an industry leader with a deep passion for the world of filmmaking and an unwavering commitment to fostering creativity and innovation in the state of Ohio. John stands as a guiding force behind the growth and success of the local film industry, working with the state legislators and the governor's leaders. His extensive knowledge of the industry environment, combined with his exceptional communication skills, have made him a driving force in establishing Ohio as a sought-after destination for filming. Under his leadership, Ohio has seen a significant increase in both the number and scales of films and television productions. Welcome, John, and share with High Heels and Politics listeners how you started your life in the cinematic arts. Thank you very much for having me. This is a real honor. I, I've heard a lot about your podcast, and it's great. And I listened to director Mahalik a, a couple of weeks ago. Again, thank you very much. My background, kids don't really grow up saying, I want to be a film commissioner, right? It really just doesn't enter your mind. So I come from a creative background. In high school, I was a big art nerd and liked to draw and took every art class I could. This was in New York, New Jersey area. And we enrolled, my parents enrolled me in as many art classes as I could. We moved to Ohio when I was about 10 or 11, and I continued that art path. Really loved music, really loved films. When I came to college, came to Ohio State, I took, I majored in graphic arts, and history of art. So it was an odd path. When I really started to get into graphic design, I did a lot of freelance work and freelance for a company here in Columbus. Long story short, they hired me full time. They started a video production department. I became the manager of that and then broke out on my own with some colleagues to start a film and video production company in the early 2000s. From there, I became part of the board of the Greater Columbus Film Commission. And then around 2014, 15, the then executive director was going to step down. And I've always wanted to be on the development side of film as opposed to the production side. So I thought this was a great opportunity for me to step up and pursue that role. So I sat down with with our then mayor at the time here in Columbus and talked to him about my vision and my five to 10 year plan. And he said, let's do it. So I became the film commissioner full time in 2016, I believe it was. It's a roundabout path. And like I said, not a lot of kids when they're growing up say, I want to be a film commissioner because there's not many of us around. 
there's only a few hundred of us around the world, so it's not a very well-known career path. High heels in politics is heard in over 40 countries around the world. Let's hope that one of those film commissioners get to hear you talk about what's happening in Ohio. Define what is the film industry, what is it actually? And when films are in production in Ohio, tell us about filming stars and production staff. Where do they stay? Do they mingle with local businesses, schools? And also, a listener may say, how can I get to be an extra in the film? I know it's a big question, but take your time and fill us in. One of the things that I usually start with is exactly what a film commission does. Basically, what I tell people in a real quick one-sentence answer is, my job is to create jobs. And so a film commission is here to promote the area in which they reside to film producers and directors to come make their productions in their state or their area. And those productions and producers and studios are going to chase tax credits. So we have a tax credit, and I'm sure we'll talk more about that in a minute, but we have a tax credit here in Ohio that's fairly competitive. It could be more competitive, but Ohio pops up every now and then on the radar of film producers and directors, and and we get calls all the time wanting to know about the tax credit, where it stands, and how many crew members we have in the state and, and, uh, and how the industry is as a whole. The process usually goes, they'll give us a call. If they decide to come here, they have to apply for the tax credit. And then they come to the state and scout for it. And and around that time, they'll start looking for specific needs for their film, whether it's an urban skyline or a gritty urban area or a rural area or lakes and rivers or hills and mountains. And Ohio is great in that we, we have all of that throughout the state. Uh, another reason why Ohio is is uh, really attractive to filmmakers because we have so much different landscapes and, and urban areas and skylines. Once films come here, your, your part of your question was about extras, and I get that question all the time. How can I be an extra in a film? There's usually, when the film comes to town, they hire a casting agent that handles all of those extras. There are some in Cleveland, some in Columbus, and some in Cincinnati. And a really good way to learn about that is to do a simple search for extras casting on Google in your area, and those names will pop up and get on their mailing list. They will often send out email blasts about needs for extras. And being an extra can be fun. It can also be very boring because you sit around and the name of the game is always hurry up and wait on a film set as people are setting up lights and they're blocking and doing all all of those needed technical things to to shoot a movie. So you end up sitting around and waiting a lot, but it can be exciting. It's exciting when you're watching a movie and you see yourself or you see your friends upon screen or an area that you live in or a landmark that you recognize. It's always a lot of fun. And it's great for the community gets excited when films are in town. That's one of the beauties of shooting here in Ohio is we're not jaded like a lot of LA areas are and in New York areas are when Trucks are film trucks are coming through town and all that kind of stuff. People are very welcoming in our communities to films and film productions. 
coming. So it's overall, it's an exciting process. And it's great to see stars walking around and they'll go to restaurants and things like that in the area and usually interact very well with people. Yeah, it's exciting. And it's great. It's great for the community. It gets people really involved in what's going on. Cincinnati has this great soccer company now. And Argentina's top soccer player went to Jeff Ruby's restaurant yesterday. And everybody is excited that I guess his name was Messiah or something. I'm not a soccer player. <laughs> but th- th- yeah, it is it's exciting. And, and you always hear about those things. We've I've been fortunate enough to work with John Travolta and Bruce Willis and Arnold Schwarzenegger and many other stars like that and go out to dinner with the cast and crew and yeah, it's always exciting and, and people always talk about it. And yeah, yeah, it creates a buzz. Well, I think is a great way to say it. <laughs> yeah, it does. Let's go on and say much of Ohio is made up of rural counties. Has the filming influenced the culture of the people? And how did, that has it impact these counties? What filming has impacted tourism in showcasing Ohio? That's a great question. The, the tourism question comes up very often. Let me speak first to the rural counties. It's my philosophy that we should see filming in as much of the state as possible. A good example, there was a movie that called me up a couple of years ago and they were scouting and I read the script and I thought of Belmont County and how this film would just fit perfect out there. And for those of you who don't know, Ohio, Belmont is way on the east side of the state. It borders West Virginia, and there's some beautiful rolling hills, and Ohio River runs right right down beside it. So it's really beautiful. So we went out there and scouted and found some great... One of the things they were looking for was this really old gas station, the old style that had the pumps outside, and they're rusty, and there's a garage in the background. And they had one of those there that was just amazing. We scouted, we took pictures, and it it all looked like it was going to happen. But as is the case, sometimes the movie had to go elsewhere because the tax credit in Ohio just didn't fit for what they wanted and what their timing was going to be. So to me, it's important to look not only at the Cleveland, Columbus, Cincinnati areas, but look out into the rural areas. States like New York, they provide extra incentives to shoot outside of the New York metropolitan area which I think is a great idea. Create a smaller incentive to for films to go to some of the rural counties. And I'm a big proponent of if the state as a whole does well, then we all do well. It's not just the three C's in the state, it's everybody. And I think that's very important. And, and I want to keep pushing that philosophy. Let's talk about tourism a little more. Even that movie Shawshank, has had a big impact here in Ohio today. Tourism always comes up when we talk about film and we talk about locally Shawshank Redemption. I think this is, that was made 30 years ago. So I think in 2024, it's their 30th anniversary. They have a Shawshank trail up there. The economic impact for Mansfield is, I think I read somewhere, it's like one and a half million dollars a year, and which is a lot of money for Mansfield and because they're a small city. The number of visitors that come through there is just astounding. At the Shawshank Prison, they have a huge Halloween celebration and haunted house in there. And it's an amazing facility. If I encourage anybody who's never gone to really go and tour it. It's really cool. 
films are still going up to Mansfield Prison. I sent a film up there, it was Escape Plan 3 with Sylvester Stallone and Dave Bautista and a few others filmed up there a few years ago. So I, I helped them scout that location. We can look at bigger projects like Game of Thrones and things like that, which has seen an absolute massive economic tourism boom over in the UK. It's a big deal. Tourism can be a really big deal. We're working on right here in Columbus, a film trail right now. We look at the films that have been filmed here. I have a, a list. I Am Wrath with John Travolta, 478 with Arnold Schwarzenegger. First Kill with Bruce Willis are recent ones. Liberal Arts starring Josh Radner was filmed here. Little Man Tate years ago was filmed here. So we have quite an extensive list of films that were made in Central Ohio. We're creating a film trail to create like prizes. And we're working with Experience Columbus, our, our tourism uh, organization, to create prizes for people to go and, and see all these spots and their restaurants and things like that where they were filmed. And that just, you know, that just increases the visibility of, again, restaurants, hospitality, parks, and, and things like that. So it's a massive industry. Tourism is a, always a big part of film production, always comes up when we talk about economic impact. You just talked about film trails that you've developed. Is that something that listeners can contact you and get a copy of it? Yeah, we're not completely done with it yet. It will be done in the next few months. We are launching our new website here in the next month or so. It's really simple, just filmcolumbus.com. And when that's ready to go, that will certainly be on the website. And again, the Shawshank Film Trail, you can go online and find that immediately and find out where all these places were shot. It's really cool. One of the sad things is the big, I think it's an oak tree that was in one of the major scenes in Shawshank where he sits under the oak, I think is is when he opens the box. And I don't want to give too much away if nobody's seen it and finds the note. But that tree was unfortunately struck by lightning years ago. And I don't know if, if part of it's still there or not, but it's still exciting to go see a lot of those spots. Filming is considered a part of the creative industries. Now, the Columbus Film Commission involves fields such as game development, animation. Explain. Thank you for asking about that. The past 12 to 18 months or so, I've really taken a big look at the bigger creative industry. Game development right now is three times larger than film and music combined. So it's something that we can't ignore animation, film, gaming, those lines are all blurring between those because of technology. One of the big things we talk about is the Unreal Game Engine. And the Unreal Game Engine is the, the engine that creates the environment where uh, a scene takes place. A really good example that always comes up is The, Man the Mandalorian is one of the first big projects to use what's called a volume wall. It's actually just a massive LED wall. The LEDs are above you, below you, around you. Those are filmed in front of, instead of a green screen, which we're all familiar with, these scenes are filmed in front of these big LED walls. And you create this environment where it's easier for the actors to interact with their environment. And things like lighting is a lot easier. That technology is just going to continue to explode and continue to expand. And it's something that, as a creative industry, that we can't ignore. And the film is part of this bigger creative industry, which includes theaters and acting and script writers and cameramen and all and, and lighting designers and costume designers. So it's part of this massive creative class. 
But one of the things we also say is filmmaking is a form of manufacturing. We're creating a product. So it crosses a little bit of both of those lines. And I think that's important to recognize. What about artificial intelligence, AI? Is that involved in your scope? Oh, it has to be. I think it has to be involved in and talked about in almost every scope these days. And that's the big reason the writers and the Writers Guild is on strike right now. And the SAG AFTRA, the actors, they're on strike. And AI has a lot to do with that. Is AI going to replace jobs? And in my opinion, no, it's just going to be another tool or another arrow in the quiver that writers and producers could use. But it's important to talk about and it's important to stay out in front of it so that everybody gets a fair share of what's happening. But it's something that's definitely going to be a part of the future of filmmaking and music and game and animation for sure. And we all have to recognize that and learn how to use it and use it properly and use it for good, so to speak. So, yes, it's important. It's going to play a role. What that role is yet, we don't fully understand, but we fully see it in the current strike situation which we all hope gets resolved very soon. Your work is a huge workforce. How does universities and high schools, how are they adapting to educating people to enter these fields? There are, I think, 22 or 23 colleges and universities in Ohio that offer programs in either film, animation, game development. And there are some great schools in Ohio. Shawnee State down in Southern Ohio is always voted one of the top 10 game development schools in the country. Kenyon College up here in Central Ohio, a lot of writers come out of Kenyon College. Right here in Columbus, we have Ohio State University, which has a film program, Columbus College of Art and Design. So there are multiple schools around that are providing these programs. They're working on uh, new technology and using new technology in their classrooms. I think what's very important to mention when we talk about schools is providing opportunity for those kids who are getting out of those schools. There are thousands of kids coming out of those schools each year, and a lot of them are having to go to the coast or Georgia to find jobs. So how do we, as film commissions and as state governments, how do we provide opportunity for them to stay in in Ohio? We don't want to educate these kids and train these kids and have them go elsewhere. So let's figure out a way to keep them here. And the way we can do that is through more robust tax incentives and more robust training programs and things like that. I know brain drain is a big topic of discussion these days in the legislature. Let's talk about keeping them here and let's do the right thing to keep them here. And again, we do that through creative tax incentives. You've developed a partnership with the Columbus schools and colleges to hold workshops, and you even have developed an at-risk youth summer camp program. These programs help young people, and could these programs be expanded? Thank you for asking that. Yeah, so one of the programs I'll mention first that we're really proud of, it's a teen script writing contest. I partner with the Columbus College of Art and Design. We really reach out into underserved neighborhoods. For me personally, that's a very important part of of our mission and really giving opportunities and providing opportunities for kids that wouldn't otherwise even think about being in film. You ask pretty much any kid if they wanted to make a movie, they'd say, yes. How do you provide that opportunity for them? And this script writing contest that we do, it's age 13 to 18. We do it every year. We hold two free workshops 
which are taught by Columbus College of Art and Design professors. After those free workshops, we encourage the kids to write a five to seven page script. And then we judge those scripts and pick the top three. And those top three scripts are then made into actual movies at Columbus College of Art and Design by the film collaborative class. And it's really exciting. So it's a, we hold the workshops in the spring, in the summer, we work on their scripts, and in the fall, we make their, their movies. So we're really proud of that program. One of the other things we've developed is what we're calling the path to success. And that's reaching kids as young as nine and 10 who are in summer programs. We have an organization here in town called King Arts Complex, and we've talked to them about coming in and talking to their young kids and young attendees about filmmaking and how they can get involved. They could be interested at nine or 10 years old, and then they could do their the script contest at 13 to 18. And then in high school, I'm talking with local Columbus City Schools, Fort Hayes, for example, they already have a, a media program. And maybe there's another school like Linden here in Columbus that uh, serves a lot of underserved kids that really need help. And they can then graduate from high school, a community college like Columbus State Community College, which has a program for for kids that can go to school for free for two years. It's called Columbus Promise, and it's an amazing program. I hope they continue it. And after two years, they could go right to work. As this film industry expands and we're hiring more and more students, they could work right here in Columbus and Cleveland and Cincinnati and stay in Ohio and raise families here. I, I think that's an important part of it. And one of the other things I want to mention is Ohio expats, people who move away to L.A. or New York after getting out of school, but they want to come back. They don't want to raise a family in Los Angeles or New York, and they're looking for opportunity back here in Ohio to be closer to their family and raise their family here. As we grow the film industry, it becomes important to think of those people who want to come back because I get calls all the time about people wanting to move back to Ohio. We'd be surprised, or you'd be surprised, how many people come out of Ohio in the film industry. I run into people literally all over the world that know somebody that's in the industry that's from Ohio or something like that. Again, providing that opportunity for people to come back to raise a family here and buy a house here, that sort of thing is something we really need to pay attention to. And what about your at-risk summer program? Is that part of what you just were talking about? Yeah. So that's, again, part of the the teen script contest where we really reach out into underserved neighborhoods, into some of those schools that where kids don't have a lot of opportunity. And I'll give you a good example. I mentioned Linden High School, where I've talked about creating a curriculum and it's a school of 900 kids and only 600 show up every day. So there's only 300 or there's 300 kids that don't even come to school. And we have to be cognizant of that. We have to really work on getting those kids in school. And film and the creative industry sector as a whole, which again includes game and animation, is a great way to do that. Kids love that. Kids love to be creative. And now with iPhones and smartphones, any kid can make a movie. So it's a really exciting time to get kids involved. How does the Film Commission support smaller independent production groups? Film commissions by nature are not funding sources for films, correct? So what we do is we're really out here to help create jobs in a bigger picture. We work with legislators in creating tax incentives. We work with the productions to help with permitting and location scouting. 
and things like that. But it's really important for me and for the Columbus Film Commission to support local filmmakers. So we have uh, grants and things like that that local filmmakers can apply for. One of our more exciting projects that we and programs that we do is we do a pitch contest. We did it for the first time last year. We're going to do it again this year. The way that works is local filmmakers in local central Ohio area. And these could be expanded statewide, and I hope we can do that. But for now, in the central Ohio area, we have people and local filmmakers submit a pitch. So it can be a script and a pitch deck and a sample video or something that they want to include. And then we'll pick top six of those that we receive submissions from and they pitch in front of a live audience at a local theater and a panel of judges. And then we give away, last year we gave away $15,000 on the spot, gave away 10,000 to first, 3,000 and 2,000. And we're going to expand that this year. We're going to give away more money. So that's just one program. And then we have other grants throughout the year. I think this year we're going to give away around $60,000 to local filmmakers next year. I'm hoping to expand that to $100,000. I think it's important to really support your local filmmakers and statewide filmmakers, people around the state who are making movies and want to stay here. It's important. It does nothing but good for the industry as a whole. It creates and expands skills. It feeds into the economic impact of the industry and the future of the industry. So supporting local is very important. You've mentioned tax incentive several times in this interview. Tax incentives were key to making Georgia the new East Coast Hollywood. How has the Ohio legislature helped the industry and what additional work needs to be done by the legislature? That's a great question. And that's something that I could we could talk about for hours in and of itself. You mentioned Georgia, Georgia's economic impact from film is, I think, close to $10 billion. It's with a B a year. So it's a massive industry and employs thousands and thousands of people. We have a tax incentive right now. It's $50 million per year. There's also, which I've been really fighting for, is a a separate incentive for infrastructure. If somebody wanted to come in and build a studio or something like that here in Ohio, they could create or or they could uh, get an incentive for that. And that's $25 million right now. And some of that, if that doesn't get used, that can roll over into the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit. So we could have up to a $75 million incentive. Now, we compare that to other states. It's okay. Pennsylvania has a very robust tax incentive. I think they're up to 125 or $150 million right now. Kentucky, I believe, is 100 or $150 million. New York is beyond that. New Jersey's $300 over $300 million. You mentioned Georgia. Georgia's uncapped tax credit. So if you spend at least $500,000 in Georgia, you're basically guaranteed the tax credit if you make your project there. I think it's important for us, if we want to see this industry grow, we have to expand that tax incentive. Right now, Senate Bill 4 is was introduced earlier this year from Senator Schering. It called for an uncapped tax credit. It's still in play, and we're still going to try and pursue that this fall. It's important. And by nature, films are going to chase tax credits. That's what they're going to do. They always have. They always will. This started in the late 80s, I believe. I think it started up in Vancouver, Canada. I believe 30-something states now have tax credits. And if you don't have a tax credit, it's very unlikely a film is going to come to your state. 
it's important. The return on investment, there was a study done that was released in 2020, and this was obviously pre-pandemic numbers, but for every dollar that's invested, over $3 is returned. It's a good investment. What we as film commissioners really are trying to do is educate legislators on it's not about Hollywood. It's not about lining the pockets of Hollywood producers. It's about local jobs. It's about local jobs. And that's what we keep trying to drill into legislators' heads. And it's about, like I mentioned before, reducing that brain drain, keeping those kids here. So that's what the tax incentives are for. And with this addition of the infrastructure incentive, I think we're going to see some studios being built here in Ohio. And we have some small filming areas, small commercial studios, but a real soundstage. And there's not one in Ohio yet. There's one, probably the closest one. There's a few in Pittsburgh, of course, Chicago. Kentucky has almost uh, completed their one of their studios. So to be competitive, we need to build infrastructure in this industry. And that's the only way we're going to really remain competitive. And that addition of the $25 million incentive for that was a really smart move. And I think we're going to see the results of that in the next 12 to 18 months. John, I think we've really covered a, a, many of the questions that I felt that the listeners needed to hear. And I'm hoping our state legislators get a chance to hear this interview on high heels and politics. Your promotion of the industry really has sparked innovations. And we need to continue cultivating that working relationship, not only with the state legislators, but with the education field and with the governor's offices. Your art of storytelling has made Ohio shine on the global stage. So thank you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate you having me on. And, and it's exciting to be able to, to talk about this stuff. I think it's important. And again, thank you so much. And I appreciate the time. Yeah, let's make Ohio as, as best as we can make it and, and really support this industry. Thank you, John, again. High Heels and Politics is produced by Marianne Christie and Ryan Kulik. Engineered by Ryan Kulik. Music by Sherrod Sate. Subscribe to High Heels and Politics on Google, Apple, Spotify, and all of your podcast networks.